Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to If Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on June 27th, 2023, with my very special guest, Andrea of Just Suck It. Andrea joined me virtually yesterday from her home in Monrovia, California, and she is a passionate succulent collector, grower, and seller. She sells under the name Just Suck It, and suck is spelt S-U-C-C, like succulent. You can go to justsuckit.com and get some succulents today, or you can check her out on Instagram and TikTok. I will make sure to plug links to all of her stuff in the description of this episode. Andrea is a very unique human being with a background in social work and health and wellness, and I think you can really see that shine through in her content and her videos She's able to tie real life, real world problems that we as humans may experience to observations that she makes in plants and plant care. And it's really uplifting and positive, but she's also not afraid to show you some of the other aspects of her life, like she's raw and real. And I really enjoy her content. I think you will too. I want to take a moment to tell you guys about my sponsors and partnerships. If you scroll down into the description of this episode, you will find links to Mezcala Nursery located in Long Beach, California. Green Touch Nursery located in Bellflower, California. Big shout out to Plantly.io. You can type in Plantly.io into your web browser or download the free Plantly app on Android or iOS. If you are interested in becoming a vendor, I have provided the link for you to do so down in the description. I've been selling with Plantly and I recently updated my shop with some new stuff. I've got some Dudleyas, some other succulents, some columnar cacti, and even some Apuntia, some purple prickly pear. You can search for me by typing in Earthling Botanical into Plantly or use the link in the description. So definitely check out Plantly. Real Mushrooms is a mushroom supplement company offering hot water extracts in both powder and capsule form. You can use code if plants could talk at checkout or use my link in the description and you'll get 10% off your order. And next up is PlantWave. PlantWave is a device that translates the electrical frequencies and patterns that your plant gives off into sound and melodies. In other words, the water moving through your plant creates an electrical frequency, and that is then translated into sound via these electrodes you hook up the plant wave device and the plant wave app. You can load different sounds and instruments to your liking and tune into your plants, hear the music that they're giving off. It's really cool. I have one. I've posted some videos in my Instagram. You can check out or go to the plant wave YouTube. And next up is Bagus Botanicals. Bagus Botanicals is offering a supplement powder that is a nootropic, and it is made out of metragenine speciosa, lion's mane, and ginseng. It is designed to elevate your mood, boost your energies, help you with focus and cognition. As you know, lion's mane creates new neural pathways in the brain. Ginseng is often used as a stimulant, and as is metragenine speciosa. And metragenine speciosa is a cousin to coffee. It comes off of a tree in the tropics in places like Indonesia and other Pacific Island areas. And it's been used as a plant medicine for thousands of years. You can often see people in Indonesia chewing on the leaves throughout the day for their energy levels. It also has other applications. Like I said, it can re relieve your anxiety and really help boost your mood if you're feeling down or low energy. I've been taking it and their product is fantastic. It is ethically grown ethically harvest and lab tested, and it comes in a beautiful resealable bag. So if you're ready to make a purchase, you can type in code if plants could talk at checkout or use my link and you'll get 15% off your order. All right, here is Andrea. Just suck it, Andrea. <laughs> you have a funny handle. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Where are you speaking to me from? I know you're in SoCal, right? You're a local. I am. I'm in Monrovia. Okay. Yeah. Where are you? 
in Topanga Canyon. Oh, okay. Yeah, There's is that not too hiking. far? I think it's an hour. Oh wow! From I'm right by Pasadena. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful I there. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Old Town Monrovia. The best taco place is downtown Old Town Monrovia. So yummy. I would like to start by saying I was I've been watching your your reels for a while now and I think we first made contact a while back but I love that I feel like I'm getting in like the real you behind these videos you're authentic and you're raw and you're not afraid to be yourself and your personality kind of shows and I like that coming from a business especially for a seller I think that sets you apart and like makes people feel like they're developing a relationship with you getting to know you and who you are the person behind the business so I admire that and uh yeah, I love the the positive messages that you're bringing forward too. Thank you. Um, so like we were chatting earlier, I'm a social worker and it's always been really important to me to connect with people. I'm really curious about people. I like to know what makes them happy, what makes them sad. And I also know that my problems, my situations are not unique. If I'm experiencing something, somebody else is. Yeah. And um and I think a lot of people don't like to admit when they're struggling. They don't mm-hmm. like to admit when they're angry or when they don't know something because everyone wants to show up like they have everything together. And I know that I don't have everything together. So if, if I've learned how to solve one of my own problems, then I know that it can help somebody. It won't help everyone, but it can help somebody. Um, and so that's why I feel comfortable sharing because mm. I know there are other people who will relate. Yeah. You speak yeah. from experience. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. I see that. And uh, you find a way to like metaphorically uh, tie real world problems that one may be experiencing to what a plant might go through, which I really like. Like you had this one video of like, uh, I'll butcher it, but it, it was okay. a succulent cutting. And you were saying that you know, as it develops roots, like if you have a little clipping as it's developing roots and healing that it doesn't look so great. And then eventually it comes back with its vibrance and stuff like that. And it's cool. I don't see a whole lot of people comparing uh, so accurately the the real world problems to plant care. And I I imagine that's what you're seeing. um, And and when you're caring for them and and it's kind of like the, does gardening, has gardening been a big part of your healing as well? Well, um, the succulents have helped me in the last three years. So I'm new to plants. The last mm. plants I had before succulents, I think I was 24 years old and I swear I killed everything that I'd ever touched. I tried to, to do vegetable gardens. I tried just doing flower gardens. And then my boss at the time gave me an ivy and she mm. said, this is one of the hardiest plants you can have. Nobody can kill an ivy. You can take care of this. It was dead in three weeks. And I was like, that's it. (laughs) Done. No more plants. So I missed out on the joys of plant parenthood until 2020 Mm. when I had uh, converted my yard. My my front yard was a hot mess and I uh, wanted to convert it. So I thought, well, let me use drought tolerant plants. So I started researching succulents and, you know, with succulents, you can just take cuttings and put them in the ground and then they'll start to grow. So my neighbors gave me a lot of cuttings. I had Ioniums, I had aloes, I had agaves, but it wasn't enough. So I went to a nursery in Buena Park and that's when I saw all the succulents, Echeverias and sedums and airplanes. Like there were so many cool 
plants that I didn't know existed. Uh, and it was actually the Echeveria Lola is the one that started my addiction. They're just, even now when I look at it, it makes me so happy. Um, anyway, I brought it home and you can forget to water them and they're forgiving and they don't need a lot. And that's the kind of plant parent I am. I'm a lazy plant parent. I just need something that's going to thrive with just a little bit of love and care for me. And I just want to enjoy it. I just want to look at it and just think it's wonderful. Um, so it was through succulents that I grew my confidence. And mm -hmm. now I have some succulent adjacent plants like pothos and a ZZ plant. I know you can't see it. I'm pointing to it. I have a ZZ plant. I have some peperomias around here uh, and they're doing well. Nice. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that there were these plants were considered succulent adjacent. I don't think I have the best understanding of like the plant kingdom itself. Oh. I just like them. I, but... I just, I actually just made up that term because people always talk about something being oh. adjacent. So, <laughs> so it's not there. Like, that's just something I made up. Like it's the next step. I'll take to, it. Like, yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So what was the first, what did you say the first plant that you got was? Well, the first plants that I got were landscaping plants. So mm -hmm. popular California landscaping plants, Aeoniums, um, Agaves, and some aloe. So I had an aloe Cameronii, which is this great kind of bunching aloe plant. Uh, and then when you cut it, you cut the roots off, uh, it turns this amazing red. And then mm. once the roots grow back, it goes back to green. And then the agave um, ferox, yeah, just like typical green agave that just grows everywhere. And then aeoniums are the ones that look like flowers. Yeah, the sunburst yeah. is one of them, right? That's one That's one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty one. Is yeah. It, yeah, sunburst. There's sunburst. Zwartkopf is the dark one. Some people the call witch, it black rose. Too. Something about the witch, right? There's a witch one. There is. And I think there's one called a medusa. Mm. I, may have made, I may have made that up. <laughs> it's okay. I make stuff up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, but it's something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to 2020, what was it that brought you to the plants? Um, it was okay. Well, at the time I was in a relationship and, um, we were living together and we were just going to redo the, do the yard. So it was just the yard. We lived in an old house. The front yard had been falling apart. It, it was just atrocious. And I wanted to make the yard look nice. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And I, but I also wanted to be smart about it because we live in California we don't get a lot of rain. I didn't want something that I'm just going to have to maintain that much. Like I wouldn't mind, I don't mind going out to pull weeds, but with grass, I mean, I don't, I don't exactly know what you do with grass, but I know there's sod and yeah. fertilizer and, and I just didn't want to do any of that. I just, again, lazy plant parent. I need minimum work, maximum results. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> so that's why, that's why I did. So I actually created this whole my front yard, I, it was inspired. I lived in San Juan Capistrano. So mm. it was inspired by San Juan where, so I used DG decomposed granite and I made this pathway and it was like the Creek and it went to the beach. And then there was some like nice green parts. So that's what my front yard looked like. I made like this whole path and there was a bench because I wanted people to sit down. Mm -hmm. No one ever did, but kids would sit on the bench, but <laughs> none of the adults ever sat on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and so what but wait i'm going back to my question okay, sorry, sorry, originally sorry. what what drew but what so you want to do the landscape and then when did you start collecting plants how did that evolve into collecting plants 
Oh, okay. Well, because I tend to get obsessed about things that I love. So like mm-hmm. when I went to school to be a social worker, like my whole, I, n- nothing could get me not fo- unfocused from social work. I was like, I'm going to be the best social worker I could be. So mm-hmm. I did that. And then I did the same thing with exercise. I was in the health and fitness industry for a while. And mm. then the same thing with succulents. When I love something, I want to know all the things about it. And so I bought, oh God, I bought so many. And then I learned you can propagate from the leaves. So I went, I bought $200 worth of plants. I don't know how many I had. And I tried propagating like 800 leaves and they were just everywhere. Um, but the Echeveria Lola is the one. It's like this white um, rosette, plus a succulent. Um, mm-hmm. It has a little bit of pink on it. It's just it's just a really beautiful plant. Um, and I, I just love them. And so then first I wanted all the Echeverias. So I was just ordering online from Etsy and um, other online stores. And then um, the coronapocalypse happened and I, so I was in corporate wellness and mm-hmm. I lost all of my contracts. It was interesting. Nobody wanted to bring anything online, even though I I knew how to bring programs online. I had some online programs. This is when I was in health and fitness um, and nobody, nobody wanted to do it. So I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to adapt. So succulents adapt and thrive. So that's a message I, I share a lot. I'm like, well, I'm just going to adapt and thrive like my succulents. And then that's when. I decided to see, I was going to see if I could turn it into a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a couple of glasses of wine one night and came up with the name Just Suck It. And I had already had the domain because I was going to do a, a vlog slash blog about mm-hmm. succulents because my family was tired of listening to me. So I already had the domain. Um, I already had, had online programs before. So I knew how to create websites. I knew how to um take payments. The only thing I didn't know how to do was ship, how to ship a plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I figured that out fairly quickly. And then that's how just suck it started. Mm. I feel like you must have a history in digital marketing of some sort because your videos are very well cut. And uh, I feel like you're kind of hip to what the modern real, you know, what the mod- what people are looking for in the modern real. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, so when when I was um, in, in health and wellness, mm-hmm. I I had a few online programs. So I've been like I went to a lot of marketing, like social media conferences, and um, that sort of the the group that I ran with were all heavily into that. Actually, now that I think about it, most of them were. Do you know the the that that company? It's called Beachbody, with mm-hmm. like P9 with P90X and Insanity. Okay. Yeah. So they were all, it was an MLM, which is never my jam, but I was like heavily involved with those people. And so they often use social media. So we would all go to the same conferences. So that's how I learned about Mm. like how to, how to use social media. And plus I just like, I like doing reels. They're just short. I like to, you know, they're funnier. So at what point did you decide to take that leap from working in health and wellness or, and, or social work to full-time uh, selling plants? Um, so, you know, the, the world sort of made that decision for me. I was already mm-hmm. trying to find a way to exit, um, the health and wellness. I ha- I started having some health problems that were making it really hard for me. I used to teach a lot of fitness classes and it, it was making it hard for me to teach and I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And one thing I think people should pay attention to is how they feel when they're doing something. Like if it's, mm-hmm. if you're starting to lose joy, 
If you're dreading it, it's time to make a change. Life's too short to get up every day hating what it is that you do. Um, so I was already looking for an exit strategy. I didn't know what it was going to be. So when everything shut down, I'm like, well, that kind of answered that. Now it was sort of like a now what? And yeah. um, I'd been out of social work specifically for almost a decade and, and, you know, trying to get a job during that time was just impossible. So I was like, let me just see what I can do with these plants. Initially, it was going to be a subscription that combined a succulent with some kind of motivational message. Mm. So I was going to get people to sign up and every single month they'd get a succulent with a motivational message. But then somebody asked me to make a gift box for them and it turned into a gift, gift company. Mm. Mm-hmm. I see that Coco Geek Plants uh, is likes your page often. I saw his name on there, Joseph. He's a yes. friend of mine. He's been on here before. I feel like you guys have a similar style a little bit. Uh, does that does that resonate? I I love him. So somebody sent me a message on Instagram and said you need to check out Coco Geek Plants. Mm. He's amazing. Um, so I did. And then I have a membership called the Sucky Friends membership that I launched mm-hmm. a few months ago. Um, and I try to get guest speakers in there. And so I looked at his page. And I was like, oh, my God, he's amazing. He just gives really good information and he's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just messaged him and I was like, hey, do you want to talk in my group? And he said yes. Oh, cool. And and then now I'm just, I just, I think he's great. I love the way he delivers messages. He makes plants fun and interesting. Yeah. And um, people can learn from him and it's, he's just great. I like him. Yeah. He's my go-to anytime I need help identifying a succulent. Oh my God, me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or if I have a quiet, when I hear something silly, that's like, I don't think that's based on science. I'm going to reach out to him and see that he answers. Yeah, he's great. Tell me more about these groups and these things that you're doing. So you're, you're developing like a community around this business as well. Yes. Although I've been, uh, I've been slacking on my marketing of it in the, in the last couple of months, but I, like I created this group called Tucky Friends and it's a place where people and their plants thrive because who cares mm. if your plants are thriving if you're not? I mean, that's the way yeah. I, I see it. So um, it's just this membership community that I have. And every week there's one post about succulents and how to take care of plants. And then there's one post about how to take care of yourself. And then we have um, a monthly, I call it a virtual happy hour where we just get on at five o'clock and um, chat about plants or I'll have guest speakers. I had Sonia, do you know, have you heard of Sonia from Partly Sunny Projects? She's a hoot. I don't She's think so. She's so funny. Um, so she was a guest. I had Joseph as a guest. Um, I haven't had it that long. I launched it like in January. Mm. And then I haven't really been marketing in the last couple months, but it's fun. Like I just, I really just want a community of people like to come together and, and make friends and with, um, over, you know, having something in common. And most of the people in the group obviously love succulents and they love personal growth. They want to thrive too. And some of the, like my best friends, I want to say best friends, but people that I really enjoy, I've never actually met in person. Like somehow yeah. we connected online and I just really like them. And that's the world we live in right now, where sometimes you just really get to know somebody online. So I figured maybe I could bring a community together of people and we can create that for ourselves. So that's what Sucky Friends is. I love that. We need more of that in our community for sure. That's cool. Yeah. And so what else do you offer as under your business, Just Sucky? You're selling mostly soft succulents or... 
Do you offer yeah. other plants as well? Cactus? Oh, no, I do. Yeah. So I have the soft succulents and cacti. Um, I'm kind of into the weird ones now. Lots of the, you know, crested and. Mm. Um, so I started off as a gift company and then, um, and I was doing mostly corporate orders and that was really fun. And then all of a sudden that just stopped. And um, so now I sell to individual collectors. So people mm -hmm. like me who like succulents. And then I also do um, pocket gardens. I'll do small landscaping projects and outdoor planters and uh, for people who are local, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, and then, I don't know, that's, that's kind of it. It just evolves. So I just sort of go with the flow, like whatever is working, then that's what I do. But it's always about succulents and plants. Yeah, you have to adjust according to how the market or the trends or whatever is going on yeah. in, in the community at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And where do you sell? Do you sell with a marketplace or do you have host your own website? I host my own website. So I use Shopify. Cool. Yeah. I tried using Etsy, but um, it's not, it's not my favorite. So I just use, I just have my Shopify website and then I use Instagram and, and or social media to, to market myself. And it's been working. That's one of the joys of social media is that you can connect with a lot of people. Yeah, what That's I liked really about Etsy was that they bring do bring a lot of traffic from what I saw and you can advertise with them a little bit too. Mm -hmm. but you can do that on Instagram now too. Yeah. Do you wait? Do you have an Etsy store? I did for a couple of years and then okay. I left Etsy and now I'm selling with this uh, other marketplace called Plantly. Have you heard of Plantly? I, I, I've heard of Plantly. Yes. They're awesome. They're super cool. Yeah. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, definitely. And so you you ship all your plants and stuff? Column or cactus mostly. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah Fine. Yeah. I kind of fell out of it for a little while. I moved recently. I moved six months, eight months ago, something like that. And mm -hmm. passion kind of dwindled. I faced some life challenges and now I'm slowly starting to get back into it. But it's something I struggle with is keeping the passion alive for running the business, being a dad, working in, in substance abuse treatment too. You know, it's kind of like, it's a, I, my, I, my hat's off to anybody that can stick to running their own business because that's yes. a challenge. It is. And motivation um, wanes, obviously. Mm. And so there has to be a really big why. And I think a lot of times people, um, when they start a business, like why I started was I just love succulents and I want to share with people. Mm. Um, but then you know, and that's really exciting at first. And then you get your first sales and you're learning all these things. Um, but then, you, you know, you might get some customers who are difficult or mm. you're not getting sales as often um, or you get like slammed with orders. And then you realize like, holy crap, can I really do this? Can I do this on my own? Um, at least those are the things that I that I faced. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so like you just have to have a really strong why and it has to be more than just a passion for plants or passion for anything, whatever the yeah. business is, because that's not what's going to um, keep anybody running a business. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. if it, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Please go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but like for some people they're okay with, it's just, I, I don't want to call it a side hustle because then it minimizes it. But sure. some people are okay with it not being their primary income or they may not have a huge like a huge vision for it, like world domination or, or something attachment like that. to it. Yeah. 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 Or attachment to it. And they're like, okay, well, I'm just going to not do it for a few months. And then, or I'm only going to do it on the weekends or I'm just going to take a break. Like 
that's that's okay i not there like i took a week off last week to go to canada and i was i was breaking out in hives every day actually it's not true it was fine but it was a little bit weird like that was the longest break i've taken from yeah. from work yeah yeah something i noticed in the pandemic when the pandemic hit at least on etsy where i was selling there was a huge boom and i was like too busy i was mm -hmm. overwhelmed with busy and then i decided okay i'm gonna go full-time i'm gonna do this full-time and then it slowly kind of went down towards the you know when things started opening back up and people started mm -hmm. returning to work and uh yeah ever since it's been hard for me to to find my way back up to that level of motivation and passion i still care for plants and i, I garden nearly every day but i the selling aspect i don't know something there's a barrier there that i'm working on for sure but um i was going to ask you how do you stay motivated how do you break up the monotony of of being homer i don't mean to call it monotonous but it can no, be it can be know. yeah yeah i think it's because i have a vision i have a freedom that i i want mm. that i think um what in my brain running a business is one of the only options winning mm. the lottery or you know and then because the other options are going back to school and getting more degrees and I'm I'm going to be 50 I mean I'm not in a few years anyway mm. and I like the thought of having to start a, a whole like a whole new career at my age so that I can command a larger salary like it just that makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit mm -hmm. but a business I can I can do I'm in control I can do that so the, the good thing is that I love succulents I love them um, and so it's, you know, it's not like, cause I know some people who sell succulents because they think it's easy, especially here in California, cause we have access to them. Sure. And so them, it's strictly a business. Um, I, but I really love the plants and I really get excited when I, when I know that I have a role in getting somebody else excited about, uh, whether it's a succulent or another plant, just because I know how much happiness it's brought me. Um, and then in this, I also love most of the time having a business like mm. i i like i like the strategy i like figuring out social media like the parts i don't like like the um you know in the inventory or figuring all that stuff out like or making sure i have all my plants that's not fun but when there's like learning how to do a website or i use clavio for my email marketing and you have to set up all these systems and stuff i like doing that stuff so it's mm. so it's not bad for me yeah it's not work yeah it's fun yeah most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> is there any trade-off that you're making or sacrifice that you're making? Perhaps uh, you're getting more happiness, but sacrificing other things, or have you been able to be successful enough to where you have, I'm talking financial here, but and right. I don't, like it, it, to me, it was like when I was, when I was selling full-time, I wasn't making as much money as I would working full-time, but I was mm -hmm. happier Yes. at the time because I was doing something that I loved. Mm -hmm. do you have that trade-off or feel like there's any sacrifice made that it's a, that's rewarding okay so, so financially sustaining um okay so for my uh, uh, the first 18 months of just suck it I made more than I ever did as a social worker really? so there I did I made more like the corporate was insane like that's it's so cool yes um but then it like stopped Right. <laughs> right. And it for the, I think for the same, I mean, I still get corporate orders, just not to the same level that I once was. Um, hopefully I'll get back there again. Um, but I think honestly, for me is 
I, I have kids. My youngest just turned 18. Well, he's graduated from high school and he's moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I should have taken more breaks and spent more time with my kids. Yeah. Um, and I, or if I had found while I was building it, cause there's, you know, I remember I told you I did like health and wellness and I really tried hard with moderate financial success. And I kept working at it, working at it. And I sometimes I feel guilty that I wasn't able to, to provide more for my kids because it was just me. And mm. um, so that's something that I still feel guilty about now, you know, with, with the kids. And I've talked to them about it, although they said they really appreciate watching me work, the work that I've done. I've always been available to them. You know, there's mm-hmm. never a time where they would come to me and say they needed me. And I was like, I was too busy. But financially... Yeah there were times where we just, you know, we couldn't go on vacations and we couldn't, you know, go out to eat the way that other people were. Yeah. And it's because I was choosing to build a business instead of going to, you know, work someplace. So, so let's, that was probably. Like, sword. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I often say, I've said on the podcast many times that I would rather uh, struggle a little bit more, but have quality time, at least in the early years of my son, mm-hmm. my son's three Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's okay now, but I can see how it would be better for me to have a more financially rewarding job for them as they get, as it gets older and be able to provide those things that you were just talking about. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah. And like I said, I, I, mean, I get a little obsessive sometimes too. And so I feel like there were times um, that I wasn't present the way that I should have, but I did notice that years ago. So I, I taught, I started meditating, really um, read some books on how, like learning how to turn my brain off so I can be present with the people that I love or whoever I'm with. Mm. I want them to feel like I'm here versus Mm. I'm just standing, but thinking about something else. Cause I don't like that when I feel that way when with Mm. somebody else. So I had to learn how to do that. Mm. Do you find that there's a meditative aspect to taking care of succulents as well? Um, Yes. I have to remind myself to do that though, because I get, I get lost in thought, but yeah, I just, um, there's to me, just looking at them, especially plants like the echeverias, Uh when, when I see how their leaves are shaped to me, there's geometric perfection to them, the way that the leaves are layered and shaped, they're just perfect. And I love to just look at them and it bring me a sense of peace. Um, so yeah in that sense yeah i guess one and there's there are no other plants that actually i love plants like i love the pothos and whatever and i like seeing like all the trailing ones when they you know the vines but there's no other plant that actually makes me stop and sometimes like i catch my breath um looking at like the most perfect succulent i feel struck by a a a, what is the word i'm looking for like a powder coated farina when I yeah. look at like a Dudleya or I was just thinking about those imported Echeverias, I had like an orange Monroe and I had yes. this, like I couldn't, you couldn't touch it because it was just so pristine and beautiful. There's something very striking about Farina to me and I, it doesn't quite make sense how it's so vibrant. It feels fake when you look at it. It does. Yeah. And the, <laughs> it was sometimes when I'm, I'm doing my videos when I go live. People uh-huh. say, is that a real plant? I'm like, yeah, it's real. That's why it's amazing. You know, right. I, I totally get it. They just, sometimes they're just so perfect. They look fake. 
So it's the Echeveria that does it for you at the end of the day, if you had to that, choose. That in Aeoniums, mm. like there's this one plant called an Aeonium Noble. Um, it is huge. It can grow around 18 inches to 24 inches wide. Mm. And it just has these beautiful leaves. It's green and then it turns kind of bronzy in the sun. That one is really incredible too. Now, grow methods. Do you grow any succulents from seed? Or are you propagating? Oh, I don't grow from seed. No. That's a lot. Um, no, <laughs> it is. And you have to like, I don't know if you need humid. I don't know. But I do cuttings um, mm -hmm. and leaves. I love propagating from leaves. That's super fun. Mm, nice. And easy. Mm -hmm. And then like, do you source locally American grown or are you importing as well? I So mostly right here in California. I love okay. going to San Diego. Have you been to any growers in San Diego? I hear all about it. Vista and San Diego, Fallbrook. You have to. You have to go and you have to see all. They're amazing. Um, there are some that are open to anybody and then there are some that are um, just for trade. So you need to have your seller's permit. Mm -hmm. But the growers here, they're the ones who ship everywhere else. So I um, I go to San Diego a lot. Um, OC Succulents and Irvine and they're actually opening up a um, location close now close by to me in Whittier. So that's going to make a difference in the drive. But I'll drive two hours to San Diego, just spend the day, load up um sometimes I rent a truck or I'll load up my well I had a Kia Soul and I would get boxes that were big enough for the flats so I would just stick the flats in the boxes and then just stack up all the boxes and come home with like 800 plants wow yeah for yourself <laughs> I have to get creative yeah by myself <laughs> <laughs> yes did you pass any of this love for plants down to your kids uh no but my mm -hmm. daughter is trying to, uh, she, she moved to North Carolina mm. and we went and while I was there, we went to the a nursery and we picked out some succulents and she made her own little arrangement. And right now she's just trying to keep those alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. And I had another question about that. What was it? Oh, soil. Do you have a preferred soil? Are you nitpicky about care at all? Or do you, are you kind of just like, I'll, I'll, I'll grow it the way it is. Uh, I'm usually I'll grow it the way it is. I think I, I don't, are you on Facebook? Uh, I've, if you're talking about the groups, I've, I've dipped, dipped my toe in them. Okay. Well, if you're any plant groups on Facebook, there are a lot of opinionated people Yes. and it's like, you have to do it this way. And you're horrible if you don't, it's that kind of thing. And I, and I'm like, you know what, whatever's easy for you and whatever works, you should do. Like if your plant's growing in it, who cares what brand it is or where you got it. Um, sometimes I make my own soil. I do think that succulents have to be in amended soil because they can get root rot. So I'll, I'll just get regular potting soil and throw some perlite in it. Or sometimes I, I'll, I'll buy pre-made cactus oil. It just sort of depends. Um, but that's the extent of it. Uh, I don't know. People overcomplicate everything. <laughs> so, I agree. Like whether it's plants or anything. I mean, you can see people talking about their puppies and they're going to, there'll be a whole comment section of people disagreeing about what's best for puppies. So like, just find what works for you and freaking do it. And, be happy with it yeah I have, I have a similar style for sure too I, I'm, a lot of my plants are in the same pot that they came in and then maybe a year from now they'll get transplanted maybe <laughs> we'll <Yeah. see. laughs> and and you know what's funny I hear this all the time 
the soil that the succulents come in from, they're crap. You got to change it right away. And I'm thinking the growers grew it in that soil. It's it looks healthy, right? It. it came healthy. Yes. And then they'll repot it right away. And then it goes through shock or something. And then yeah. it's, can someone help me with my plant? What happened? Like, should have left it alone. It was fine. But I agree. People have to learn that on their own, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's plants altogether. And if yeah. you step into foot into one of those Facebook groups for the first time, you might get scared away by the plant community. <laughs> but the Instagram community tends to be a lot more friendly. You don't see as they much are. condescending, talking down to people and uh, such strong opinions. Right. Wait, and are you on TikTok? I am, yeah, for okay. the podcast. Well, okay, well, I, well just, just suck it. I have just suck it on TikTok. And let me tell you, I have the nicest people. It's the yeah. ni- They're so fun. I have the greatest community on TikTok and I was mm. hesitant to do that, but there's just something, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I would be sad if TikTok went away. Mm. But I also think they're the kind of people that I invite. Like I'm, I sort of set the expectations and I feel like because I set the expectations for my page and maybe I'm being hopeful. Yeah, well, I, I think, like I say, this is a positive side of TikTok. And because of that, I feel like I just get a bunch of people who are looking for that. And there's yeah. never anybody like rude. I, I have a rule that I don't reply. Like if someone's being snarky to me, I won't reply. Mm. I won't be snark, snarky back. Um, do I want to be sometimes? Absolutely. But I just think that just adds more fuel to the fire. And um, I would just rather, I have the response, like it's always neutral or with kindness. That's it. And because of that, I think I've built that kind of community on TikTok. I rarely get every once in a while, I get a troll or something, but I have a lot of fun there. That's cool. The problem I have with TikTok is right when I open it, it's like right in your face. It's like explosive video, 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 video. I'm like, oh, I need to, how do I get out of here? I know. (laughs) I need a moment. (laughs) I know. There's the ad and like skip ad and then there you go. I know. Yeah. 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 But But I go ahead, please. No, this is completely random, but right now I'm totally obsessed. Did you with jar egg? What's the that? jar that oh my god. So there's this woman um who it's her her tag is Montgomery Frizzles. And I think mm-hmm. there's a chicken type called a frizzle from mm-hmm. what I gather, but she accidentally cracked a fertilized egg. So she decided to put it in a jar in the incubator and see if it would grow. Because apparently they're doing this in Asia somewhere where they just grow chickens in a jar. And then, so I saw it and he made it to date. They named him Jar Jar Beaks. Like, how <laughs> great is that? And then um, the last one was Kevin Beacon. And um, so she's always, now it's like a thing. And I get up in the morning, I check the status of the jar eggs. And then before I go to bed, I check the status of the jar eggs. And it's all because of TikTok. And so now my timeline is full of, filled with chickens. <laughs> <laughs> And I never thought I'd like chicken. I don't want any, but they're super fun. Anyway, it's just a fun way to spend, waste time. I totally want chickens. We've been talking about building a coop. I'm on like (gasps) four acres here in the mountains, in the Santa Monica mountains. So we want to get chickens and we want to get a goat. So, and I saw a video where people, someone picked up a bunch of fertilized eggs from Trader Joe's and then put them in an incubator and hatched chickens. I didn't know that. From refrigerated eggs. I know, which... (laughs) Kind of, if we think about it, someone was going to eat that, but nothing happens to the eggs until 
they're fertilized, but they won't grow until they they're in the incubator or they get heated up, whatever it they is. They get the so, love that they need. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you should try it. That'd be fun. It's this fun little project for my son. I think. Yeah. Right. Why not? Yeah, and see if you can. So and then so Montgomery Frizzles on um TikTok is really fun. I really like her because sometimes the chicken, if there's not the right amount of humidity, I don't know if you know this, but they can get saran wrapped in there. And so that you have to go and crack the egg. And mm. it, so you, you use warm water. Why I know this, I don't know, but you use warm water <laughs> and then you rub it on the chick and then you break a little bit of the egg off until you get them out of the egg. Sometimes they need help mm. getting mm. out of the egg. So that could be fun too. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And I would have never known about jar, jar, did you call it jar egg? Yeah, jar egg. Jar egg. All right. I'm going to follow if you, them. If you look up the hashtag jar egg, it'll bring you to Montgomery Frizzles. Now, other people are trying to do it too, but like she's the goat. I don't, I don't know if anyone <laughs> can do it better than her. I don't know. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about how you start. When did you start drawing these parallels between real life problems and what you were noticing in plant behavior and growing? Uh, I, I, I don't really know the exact moment, but it's sure. pretty much how my brain naturally works. Mm. If give me anything and I'll figure out a way to spin it into a story that could help people. If that it's just, just how my brain works. And when I was in fitness, I would do the same thing. Like when people would get tired, I would tell them, um, your body's like a power plant. You can generate enough energy to finish strong. So like, I always find different ways to get people inspired to do their best mm. and and then um plus i can't do anything just to do it like i would i think my heart would feel empty if mm. i were just selling succulents yeah like i love them and i can talk about them but i and i know that people get happy when they get a succulent or if someone like gives somebody a, one of my gifts, like I imagine the person opening it and feeling really happy about it. Yeah. But I also like, I have, I have to feel like I'm making a difference somehow. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, and if that can, if I can help someone be a little happier or feel a little less stressed or be a little more confident, then I, then I want to do that. Like I can't mm. imagine never like not doing that ever it's just it's part of my dna yeah well what a beautiful way to see the world through metaphors <laughs> yeah <laughs> we gotta use whatever works right because yeah. i think people i mean no matter what people struggle with confidence issues they're going to go through challenges we all go through those things yeah. um although we forget that just because somebody might have different beliefs that like they still have sadness, they still have challenges, they still, and for some reason, succulents have offered me a larger audience than I've ever had, even yeah. when I was doing health and fitness. And so there's something to it. And I, you know, I, like you, I kind of go with the flow. I have a vision for just suck it, but I'm also open to whatever the universe brings to me. Mm. Um, but I do know it will always be something to do with empowerment and inspiration um because if it's helped me then i know it can help somebody else yeah plants have no boundaries they cross yeah. all ethnic yes. political what have you you know insert label right. 
lines and it brings everybody together people that we wouldn't normally maybe sit in the same room together we we now are able to or maybe perhaps virtually but um I, I imagine that comes from your your experience with uh social work that I think wanting to help people I think so but also a, a lot of it has to do with my childhood and and how I grew up my dad mm -hmm. um was a really mean alcoholic my mother, who's fabulous, um, was 18 years younger, from Jamaica, didn't have an education when they, he, when they got married. Um, and so she sort of felt trapped too, but um, like amazing mother. So I, I don't blame anything on her. Mm -hmm. um, but like he was mean, he was abusive. Um, I had some behavior problems as a result of it, but I was just a struggling kid, struggling teenager. And um, I wish someone had seen that or had just not thought I was just like a bad kid or whatever. Uh, yeah. And so when I got older, I thought I'm, you know, if there's a way that I can um, be, can help someone not feel the way that I did, then that's what I wanted to do. It's one of the reasons why I went to be a social worker. Um, you know, I just, the thought of someone going through struggles by themselves makes me really sad. And, um, or someone like feeling hopeless or feeling like they're not good enough, which is, which was my limiting belief. I went, I went to therapy. So I figured that out in therapy that my, my limiting all belief, all better, it's on. <laughs> and what, what's funny is like, like I still, so when I start to have doubt or when I feel like I'm not good enough, I, I know what that feels like now and yeah. I can change it, remind myself that it's not true. Um, and, and we all have some kind of limiting belief. No one, no one leaves this earth unscathed. Everyone has yeah. some kind of limiting belief that they carry with themselves that affects how they can thrive. Um, and so I just, I just, I, I just don't want anyone to ever feel that way, like the way that I felt. So however I can show up to help somebody, that's what, that's what I love to do. You mentioned before we started recording that you've found that helping people working as a social worker was also in turn healing you mm -hmm. yeah yeah so so in different ways so one just the social work curriculum because it's really important when like as a social worker that you identify your own values and beliefs so that you don't put it on somebody else's because mm. someone else is going to have their own value and belief system and they might actually contradict our own yeah um and but we still have to serve them. We still have to be of service to them. We still have to make sure that they're getting their needs met. So through that part, I was able to figure out what was important to me. Um, the only demographic I realized that I couldn't work with would be pedophiles. I had to identify that very early. I know. And the thing is, they still need services. Like there yeah. are people who work with them, but I knew that I, I couldn't. Um, yeah. And then, so, you know, that way, and then you have to figure out why. And then, um, and then when I left, when I not left, when I graduated, I worked in a behavior management program, children who had behavior problems from two to six. Mm. It was really interesting because there were some parents who were amazing and their kids were just little heathens. They tried, <laughs> you know, they tried their best, you know, these parents. And then there were others where they were uh, court ordered. So these were parents who were not parenting and yeah. the kids were just really sweet. And I knew they were sweet, but they you know, they were pretty much raised by wolves because yeah. their parents and, um, and then everything in between. So that helped me, um, 
learned not to be as judgy because you know you like you never know what's what's going on in someone's life and then I went to hospice I was a hospice social mm. worker and let me tell you there's nothing like like learning how to love life than watching death every single day yeah. and um but I think out of all my social work jobs the hospice one was the most rewarding because when, when we think about it when someone is giving birth when they're having a baby everyone comes around everyone is celebrating lots of support but when somebody's dying, it's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. They don't know what to say. They're faced with their own mortality. So they don't want to deal with it. So they like leave families alone. But that's yeah. really when someone needs to be supported. Um, and the lessons that I've learned from the people who were dying, yeah. what they realized was important and what wasn't important. Like when you get old, I, I heard this so much. And it's it sounds, it, it's not profound. But it's make sure your water, your your laundry is on the main level, so you don't have to go up and downstairs with a laundry basket. I never would have thought about that, and I know that sounds silly, but I heard that over and over and over again. Um, but then there are also things like people who waited to have fun in life until they retired, and then they would get sick, and then they couldn't, so no. they didn't go on trips. They didn't, you know, they had all this money saved, and they didn't enjoy life, and all of a sudden they have cancer, and they're like, I didn't get to do any of the things, so be smart about it, but make sure you enjoy life. Um, mm. And then, you know, there were times where families were estranged and then they get back together. Mm. Uh, and then it also demystified. Is this too heavy? We don't no, know. I go, oh. We go dark here. Okay. That's what I, I remember. I've listened to a couple, but <laughs> yeah, but like demystified the, the dying process and yeah. almost like everybody dies the same. And it's not like the movies at all. Um, and and when and then you know it doesn't matter how much money they have, what color they have, like what color they are, whether they live. And I was in Tennessee at the time, and I covered the rural, a lot of the rural areas. So whether they were in a single wide trailer or one of the McMansions, eh, they all died the same. Yeah, and that levels the playing field. Uh, at least it did for me. You know, so. Yeah, um, well, I feel like it's something that we don't talk about enough. And it's actually something I'm going through right now. My grandmother just got put on hospice. She's got oh. kidney failure. She's 92, though. She's lived a beautiful mm -hmm. life. And um, yeah, I'm interested in end-of-life therapy. I've been looking at some of these studies that they've been doing on end-of-life therapy. I'm interested in what happens after death. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, the spiritual yeah. component to that. I don't know. But there's there's a lot. There's yeah. So I remember when it was, I'll, I'll never forget this. So there it was a lovely family and um she died at 3 15 in the morning uh -huh. and she was old and they had like just regular clocks you know not digital mm -hmm. they all stopped at 3 15 when she died Whoa. It, yeah that was probably like the freak as far as like freakiness that was one of them were like what and because we would have calls every morning to talk about i wasn't on call that day but it was the nurse reporting um, in the morning and she was like I just I was there all the clock stopped the minute she died wow. and I got butterflies I, and so there's there's something you know there's just yeah. there's there are too many things and then and then you know in the last couple of days when a lot of times when people are dying they start to see and have conversations with people who have have passed on yeah. and it's just and if you're there it just feels so real yeah. Like they're there. These are real conversations with people that are welcoming. At least I want to believe that it's real, you know, welcoming into whatever happens next. Yeah. Um, I love that you don't shy away from that. No, uh -uh. it's, yeah. it's too incredible. And it's too, it's too amazing to just dismiss. Yeah. 
why, why would you dismiss the possibility of something so beautiful happening when we're gone? My grandma keeps saying that my papa, who is since deceased since 1994, he comes and sees her all the time and he waves to her and he tells her, come on, come on. She keeps saying that. And they say, I promise we'll wrap up about the death soon. No, okay. no, <laughs> they say, I'm talking to the listeners. Okay. Okay, they, they said that my the moment before my grandfather died, that he sat up and he said, I am now dead. And then laid back down and died. Flatlined him. He like, may have. What? <laughs> incredible stuff there and near-death experiences too these people Mm -hmm. have these crazy experiences yeah psychedelic experiences and their near-death experience so there's a book um for you that you might it's just a little pamphlet it's called gone from my sight um Mm -hmm. it's one of the best things that i would give it to all of the families Uh, i think you can order it online i don't know where um maybe directly from the person who wrote it but it's do you have it no. Okay. Uh-uh. Gone from my sight. It's really good. Basically talks about what you're going to see physically and emotionally from people for like six months before they die. So mm-hmm. go months, weeks, days, hours, minutes mm. before. Cause remember I said, everyone pretty much dies the same. So mm. there are physical symptoms that happen. So I would get, I, whenever someone tells me that they have a family member on hospice or they're considering hospice, I'm like, you got to get this book gone, gone from, from my, my sight. sight. Okay. Yeah, I can message, I can find it and send it to you. Oh, yes, like the link. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. And uh, what else was I going to say? <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I'm sorry. I feel like I've been like kind of spacey dark, and it took me a while to warm up for our conversation. So I, I appreciate you've done a great job keeping the conversation going. I don't know. I think I'm a little sleep deprived, but. <laughs> Well, but like you work today and you had to change or like, cause we were supposed to meet at two 30 and then you yeah. had to go to work. And I think you, like, you haven't even changed. You're still all dressed up and everything. Yeah. And you, you sat down and started chatting with me about succulents and death. <laughs> <laughs> it's something very close to all of us though. We know we yeah. all, we all have dealt with it and we'll eventually deal with it ourselves. So. And it doesn't have to be that heavy. Like that's the one thing that I learned from hospice. And mm-hmm. and I don't mean to be light about it, but we all yeah. we all deal with it. And it, it it can be beautiful. It doesn't have to be heavy, and it's nothing we have to be afraid of. Mm. And now, do you have? Did you grow up with some spirituality, or, or do you currently practice oh. any kind of spirituality? Okay, so I, my mother is Pentecostal. Grew up Jamaica, speaking tongues, all that stuff. Um, it was never my jam. Uh-huh. And I remember being four years old. And I was in the living room. I lived in Calgary at the time. And all of a sudden, this commercial came on and it had to do with Buddhism. I don't remember what, but there was Buddha. There was um, the lotus flower and there was like a Zen garden. And I remember stopping and seeing that. And I was like, I, I'm that has, I'm supposed to be there. Like, that's my jam mm. without knowing. Like, it just it, it made an impression. So I've never, um, I'm not against Christians. I've never connected with Christianity, even though I had to go uh, mm-hmm. to church. And then, and then I had, I then went through the struggle because there was this, you know, what if God is real or the Christian God? I don't want to burn in hell because that's what I was told. Like, you know, the only way through heaven is through Jesus Christ. Um, um, but then I, I just did like, I did a religion in the world class. And that was incredible. I loved it. And long story short, I ended up at a Vedanta temple in Malibu. And Mm. I was like, this is home. This is where I'm supposed to be. 
And one of the lessons that they teach in Vedanta is there, there's one truth, many paths to get there. Mm. Whatever helps you be a better person, do that. Christianity did not make me a better person, but Vedanta and Buddhism does. And um, so I'm, that's, that is, that's where I lean. I just, there's something beautiful and calming about it. And it helps, it keeps, it keeps me focused and a better person. That's another thing you'll have to send me. I'm 10 minutes from there. Oh, check it out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's funny. So it was, I was dating this guy and he, he said, I thought he said, we're going to go do yoga at the temple or something Uh like that. And I was like, okay. So then I like show up in shorts and flip flops. I'm here in my (laughs) mat thinking, and he's like, huh. And I said, and he was wearing jeans and shirt. I'm like, wait, are we going to do yoga? He's like, no, it's the temple of Yogananda who brought Vedanta to the United Mm. States. I missed the Nanda part. I only heard yoga. Uh, But yeah, it was, it was. Was everyone else dressed, dressed nicely? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, what? no, I don't know. It's just normal. I mean, you just come as you are at those places. They don't care. I mean, it's Malibu too. So, you know, like hippies and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for taking the time to do this and for being flexible. Well, thank you. This was really fun. I appreciate you. And where can everyone find you? What's your website URL? I'll plug it in the description too. Okay. My website is just suckit.com. S-U-C-C. If you put S-U-C-K, I'm not responsible for what comes up in your search. <laughs> um, and then on most social media, I'm just suck it. And mm-hmm. on TikTok, it's just suck it OC. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm going to check you out on TikTok. Okay. All right. That's good. Just suck it, Andrea. Thank you very much. If everyone could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and hit that share button, we would both appreciate that greatly. Bye.